Welcome to Expanding the Outdoors, where we center LGBTQIA plus voices and experiences in all things outdoors. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This is your host Chase using they, them pronouns. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Luke. Luke, welcome to Expanding the Outdoors. It is so great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So to help our listeners get to know you a bit more, can you share your pronouns? And a fun get to know you question that I have for is if you could enhance one of your senses. So like sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing. I think that's all of them. <laughs> Which one would you enhance? All right. So my, uh, my pronouns are he, him. And I think I would enhance my hearing because I do have ADHD. So my hearing can be kind of awful sometimes <laughs> and I think being able to pick up more noises and kind of filter through them would be a good enhancement for that hearing <laughs> yeah, I would enjoy that a little bit yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I like that yeah and then that's good I like it's also <laughs> like not only just be able to like enhance my hearing but also to be able to filter yeah, it a exactly. little bit more yeah and that would yeah. be helpful just kind of like pick out things <laughs> you know, there's times where people will be like did you hear what I said and I just no <laughs> you're like no, no yeah <laughs> i like that very yeah. nice well let's get to know you a little bit more so what identities would you like to share with us today that feel really important to you i am transgender i've been transitioning for the last five years i think that is my kind of number one identity that i share with people um i'm also uh, pansexual as well and i have ADHD and autism, so I consider myself to be neurodivergent. Thank you for thank you for sharing those yeah. with us. How have these identities shaped your worldview? Jeez, <laughs> that is a very loaded question. <laughs> what would you say in terms of like how, what things it would shape? Yeah, like I guess like how you um, approach people, how you approach relationships, um, impacts it's had on maybe even like building these different identities because mm -hmm. I guess that they didn't all like come yeah. <laughs> on the same day of like, ah, you are yep. this, this, and this. That yeah, probably would have been nice though. Me a card and was like, here you go, here's your identities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, navigating workspace, all, those types of things. It's really made me kind of like look at everybody different because I mean, being neurodivergent are pretty invisible disabilities. So mm -hmm. it has made me look at everybody differently and kind of be a little bit more receptive when somebody is not behaving I guess in a way that mm. is you know either socially acceptable or is it something that I get grumpy with real quick mm. or whatnot so it kind of like has made me have a lot more love and acceptance for every single person that mm. I come across I try not to judge everybody by my first like immediate reaction of them. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of in that aspect and just in like workplace and relationships and all of that as well it kind of feel like I'm more of a nervous person <laughs> mm. which is kind of like a negative thing but I, I get a lot more nervous meeting new people and kind of the whole people gonna figure this thing out about me and even though I'm not very hesitant to share them it's still kind of like that initial like is somebody gonna judge me on these things mm. so mm -hmm. I think for yeah for meeting new people that's it makes me nervous <laughs> but along with that as well like it, it has opened my eyes to how accepting a lot of the world has become because you'll tell everybody these things and it's like oh wow people are actually pretty cool so mm -hmm. yeah so. i mean even in how how old are you 28 okay yeah i mean even in our lifetime mm -hmm. i feel like the conversations around neurodivergence has just 
become so much more positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And really, I mean, in this this past couple of years has mm-hmm. just become because I can just remember being in grade school, being in like high school, like mm-hmm. it was there was like the special class and yeah. like it was always like talked down upon and like all those folks were talked about and there just really wasn't there wasn't space to be anything different. There was a lot of space to be the overachiever and like international baccalaureate and like all those types of things, but not the other direction. Exactly. And I think a lot of our parents as well were very much there. Nothing wrong is wrong with my kids. Mm-hmm. Sort of parents. So I think a lot of us who were neurodivergent as children, like, kind of got overlooked in that aspect. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's a fun thing to come to as an adult of, like, oh, this is why life has been like this. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think with the rise of TikTok, too, as you were saying, is, like, has given the space for a lot of creators to put that out there Mm -hmm. and say, hey, here's all of the things that I struggle with. And then that's kind of opened up the door for everyone else realizing I've struggled with these things, too. So been interesting (laughs) yeah for sure well thank you for you know sharing that with us and you know being open as far as just kind of wrapping this up on getting to know you what makes up your daily activities what does luke like to do (laughs) i'm currently in school right now i'm going for my bachelor's in english with a minor in philosophy it's something that i've kind of realized very recently that i'm interested in and just kind of thinking about the world in a different way and challenging our our knowledge that we think is just our core knowledge figuring out where these things have come from and where these beliefs have come from has been very interesting so i spend quite a few hours during the day on homework um (laughs) but that's kind of my big thing right now i'm a full-time student and i do a lot of outdoorsy things in my spare time uh <laughs> just kind of play play a lot of video games and that's about it that's great uh i also uh, was an english major oh no way yeah <laughs> english literature so weird. yeah <laughs> so you kind of already talked about this but let's talk about your connection with the outdoors so first and foremost just starting really broad do you consider yourself an outdoors person absolutely what does that mean to you uh it means just having a connection with nature and just when in my spare time just well I want to be outside you know it doesn't mean I have to go out and go on some grand adventure and you know get lost in the woods or go camping for a few days or go on a huge backpacking trip it just means being an outdoorsman means well I'm gonna go outside for a few hours and mm-hmm. or I'm gonna get outside and get a fresh breath of fresh air and really just dig my feet in the dirt and connect with the earth and just enjoy nature as it's meant to be enjoyed <laughs> yeah I love that how was or was nature a part of your childhood in any way? Uh, I've got photos from when I was probably from when I was born of my dad taking me out on fishing trips mm. and just going camping and he was a big outdoorsman so he made sure to really kind of make that part of my growing up as well. So we always were outdoors doing something or hiking or kind of anything. <laughs> he mm-hmm. taught me how to fish when I was little so it really was a part of my growing up and as I got older I realized that when I had more freedom that that's the only thing that I really wanted to do like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go on a hike by myself to feel better or times when depression would hit me like I'm just gonna go stand outside in the rain or mm-hmm. something like that so mm-hmm. it's kind of been a big uh, help for my mental health throughout my life yeah I love that what's your I mean you mentioned fishing do you have mm-hmm. like a like a core memory of like one of your first memories of being out in nature yeah I got I have <laughs> I have a photo of me and my dad sitting on this rock in Wood Can- Woods Canyon Lake, and it's adorable. It's my favorite photo of the two of us. <laughs> but during that trip, um, I tried to feed a chipmunk, and it bit me on the finger. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think, is my earliest memory of being in nature, and even though it's not necessarily a positive one, like 
I still love chipmunks, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of like, you know, my that probably is my earliest memory of life. Mm. <laughs> so it's just the fact that it was out in nature and going fishing with my dad and just kind of a huge thing. <laughs> what were you trying to feed this chipmunk? I think it was just like a peanut or something. Like, <laughs> like here you go. I know. <laughs> I remember freaking out. My parents like put me under a blanket on the picnic bench that was at the campsite. And just like <laughs> just coddled you. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I love that so much. How has, you know, as you were getting older, how has your relationship with nature changed or, yeah, um, or evolved? I've, I think as I've gotten older, I've tried to respect it more and it's become more of like a spiritual thing to me, I think. Mm. And knowing that it's like, well, Mother Nature is here to take care of us and she gives us really amazing things, but she can also take those things away. Mm. So I think that I've become more respectful and so every time we go out we pick up bags of trash you know we mm-hmm. leave like you know leave a bunch of flowers to say like thank you for letting us use your space or just things like that it's become more of just kind of like yeah a spiritual thing for me mm-hmm. yeah. I love that I mean I love the relationship aspect mm-hmm. that you're building with yeah, nature I think it's just turned into from something that you know well nature is just here and just kind of you know going with it and to you know this is like a living breathing entity that we need to respect mm-hmm. it, I, yes i 100% agree <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i've been you know the past couple of years have been on that there was like the first like inner spiritual journey and then like recently like exploring paganism mm-hmm. and as you can see my altar is right behind yeah. us and kind of doing that same thing with nature as well of like mm-hmm. i usually thank her like when i leave and mm-hmm. all those different types of things so yeah i think that's it's a really beautiful way to interact mm-hmm. with nature i agree <laughs> was there any time just kind of like curious just thinking about like rebellious age and things like that was there any time in your life where you like didn't go out into nature as much yeah i would agree maybe that rebellious age like, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a teen, I think we spent more time, I was just talking to an old friend, we spent more time staying up until, you know, 2, 3 in the morning causing trouble around the city. <laughs> so when I got my car, I think it was more, you know, uh, let's hang out with my friends in the city and cause as much havoc as we can. Mm-hmm. So I didn't spend a lot of time in nature at that time. I just was more interested in being with my friends at that point. <laughs> but we did, I mean, we still did go on hikes every now and then and cause trouble in nature, but <laughs> it was always more about causing trouble than it outside <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah where did you uh where did you grow up i grew up here i was born and raised in phoenix oh okay yep went Very to nice. uh, arcadia high school oh okay so you yeah, have like literally yeah right around where we're at yeah it's just you know it's always so interesting to see like how arizona kids grow up i grew up in cave creek mm-hmm. for the most part i hung out like in washes a lot mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and like at parks because i feel like especially in arizona like being out in nature is is so easily accessible that like just stepping out into your backyard or on the street or whatever it might be you're like you're like ah mountains everywhere <laughs> what uh what type of activities do you partake in now when it comes to out the outdoors my number one lately has uh, been amateur geology <laughs> Ooh! so we go up uh, up to the mountains to go digging a lot and search for quartz turquoise anything that's really buried under the ground i like treasure hunting a lot mm-hmm. so i think that's that's been my big uh, number one lately uh, along with camping i love camping and uh off-roading i've been trying to get more into that lately i have a jeep wrangler and I really just want to try overlanding and going on mm-hmm. like a couple day overlanding trip, but that has been a little bit harder to get into than I expected it. And, <laughs> um, yeah, those are my big ones. Uh, I do like fishing. I haven't been in a long time, but uh, I do enjoy it when I get the chance to. Um, something is very magical about 
pulling a fish out of the lake and mm-hmm. saying thank you for this meal and being able to like cook up fresh fish and yeah. enjoy that while you're camping. So I, I don't know, I really enjoy that and get back into it. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. What got you into um, amateur geologist? Um, what kind of started that journey? So my partner is very into crystals and uh, the magic that comes with them mm-hmm. and just the spirituality surrounding them. Uh, and we just one day discovered uh, a location where you can go up and literally just dig in the ground and find very pure, clear quartz. Mm. And we went up one day, we got hooked, and ever since then, it's every season when it opens, we'll go up and just start digging. And <laughs> it's just really magical to be able to spend that much time in the earth, kind of grounding yourself mm-hmm. and get something from it. I think mm. it's really cool feeling yeah i mean just what a immersive experience mm-hmm. exactly yeah. have you like met folks up there while you're doing that <laughs> we met this really wonderful woman uh yesterday actually while we're up there uh her name is uh, katarina arabella and she's <laughs> incredible she is the epitome epitome of mother nature herself and she's been digging for probably 50 years of her life wow. it's really like it's her entire identity. She used to own a crystal shop in Sedona 20 oh, wow. or so years ago. So she just lives up in the mountains, and that's all she does every morning is get up and go dig all day and find <laughs> these just beautiful amethysts. And mm-hmm. she she was amazing. She kind of <clears throat> inspired me a little bit more to kind of keep going in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, cool. that's super rad. I love that so much. Um, you talked about, so off-roading. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about, like, what the difficulty you found kind of getting into that or starting that off-roading is a very (laughs) cishet driven community and i've had such an issue trying to find accepting groups to go with Mm. so i I mean even though i do feel very cis passing i still want to be with people who are safe right and people are non-judgy because if you are going to drive two hours into the desert and spend an overnight trip with a bunch of people you don't want them you know (laughs) being judgmental people mm-hmm. so um yeah i've had a really hard time finding a group of people to go with and the people the friends that i do have who are interested just don't have rigs to do that yet mm. so um yeah trying to find trying to find accepting people so if you're out there give me a call <laughs> <laughs> send me a message let me know let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think that's you know what you're bringing up is the what I feel like is a dichotomy we see in the outdoors a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like this, there can be the inclusive folks, and then there's just like this very aggressively masculine heterosexual mm-hmm. space as well. Um, and I don't know if it's, I can't really speak for other states. Here, it's just so common to be like on Rim Road or be driving somewhere or even just driving through towns and you see conservative signs you see anti now it's anti-vax signs before it was tea party signs like there's just a lot of just signage that you're like "Mm," as a queer person or as a black person or as a latinx person like i don't feel safe here and so yeah i think it it can be difficult then to tap into these spaces that we really want to tap into exactly Uh, i've got a really great story that kind of goes along with the signage thing oh Um, yeah i right before the elections uh, i was noticing all of these very large off-roading rigs that were pulling behind you know very racist flags mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh, I was like well I have a very anti-racism flag it's this giant flag that has just says fuck racism on it mm-hmm. <laughs> and which is awesome 
And I decided, well, I've got a big off-roading rig. I'm going to pull it behind my rig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went to Ace Hardware, and I bought a flagpole, and I was in the parking lot putting this flag up onto my Jeep when this man in a Second Amendment t-shirt walks up to me and was like, that's a great rig you got there, brother. And I was like, thanks. I, I really appreciate it. And I've got this flag bunched up in my hands. And he's like, oh, are you putting that on to go off-roading? And I was like, yep, yep, we're putting this on to go off-roading, like... And it was just the whole situation was very, like, ironic almost in a way. And mm. it made me very nervous. And it was just kind of just, I don't know. <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting situation. <laughs> found, found the humor in it, but it was knowing that if this flag unfurled and this man saw this, he would very much not be accepting of me nor this off-roading rig that he really respected. So it was a very mm. interesting situation. <laughs> it's, you know, it's um, like, fuck, I think that's like an analogy of... People, like, so people approaching you, especially when, you know, you're cis passing, you're straight passing, whatever, those types of things, when you're able to kind of, like, pass into these worlds. But there is that underlying current of, like, the moment that I reveal myself, I could be put in danger. Exactly. And so it's, like, it's on the one hand, it is very much a privilege because you are passing. And so you can, like, kind of move in and out of these spaces. However, it's still in the back of your mind of, like... Now I have to extra watch what I do mm -hmm. because it could immediately put me in danger. Exactly. And yeah, I can, you know, only imagine like how awesome it would be to be able to like fly that sign, like yeah. going down the back roads, but then you run into like a convoy of Trump signs or exactly. whatever it might be. And you're like, well, what do we do? We stand our ground. Do we just roll up our flag real quick? But yeah, I think it's and it's also like an interesting thing. Like you're getting respect in one area. But that respect's gonna immediately go away as soon as something is like revealed. Exactly. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. And I think, again, it makes it difficult to really access these spaces that we wanna access mm -hmm. because, yeah, off roading is super rad yeah. and you wanna be able to go do it. But it feels, even though it's not like there isn't like an actual gate mm -hmm. that's saying, no queers like yeah. <laughs> it there's there's still like metaphorically symbolically whatever you want to call it it's it's still very much present exactly and there's still that chance you get trapped out in the middle of nowhere with no service and a bunch of gun toting trump supporters right yeah so. <laughs> and as much as like yes there are you know nice wonderful people out there there are also you don't want to become another story yeah exactly. essentially <laughs> So, kind of diving in, we started talking this, you know, especially around the off-roading. Mm -hmm. As far as your experience in the outdoors itself, first, just coming back to a very broad question, do you feel like you yourself slash your community, and your community can mean whatever you would like it to mean, mm -hmm. do you feel like you are represented in the outdoor industry itself? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about not. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you walk into most of these big, grand off-roading stores. Uh, not off-roading stores, true word. <laughs> yeah, but those two. These, yeah, <laughs> most of these outdoor stores, and Bass Pro, Cabela's, like all these different places, and you don't see any openly queer people working at these stores. Mm. So it's like there's no representation in the people who work there. So it's like how am I supposed to trust, you know, that your brand even supports people like me? Mm. So that was a huge thing is like I, I really like putting my money into companies that do give back to my community as well. So I don't feel at all like a lot of these outdoor companies are putting their money in the right places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I like to see that. But even just in general, watching, growing up watching all of these outdoor shows, you don't see 
any queer people, any mm-hmm. neurodivergent people, like not even any people of other races other than white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to grow up and see all of these things and believe that you can go off and do them yourself when you were different. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a huge issue for me growing up is my grandparents would always put on these adventure shows and these nature shows and mm. uh, yeah never saw anybody like me <laughs> doing the things that I wanted to do so and it's such an interesting juxtaposition because you had you know a father who was taking you out and doing these mm-hmm. things while at the same time you're not seeing yourself out there exactly. like what <laughs> that's just weird <laughs> it's very strange but I mean yeah. at the same time my, my dad was a cis white mm. man and I saw him and I was like, well, he is my pass into doing these outdoor mm. things. I cannot do these outdoor things unless I am with him. So uh, wow. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, even in even I still have a little bit of that in the back of my head sort of thing. Mm. I just went digging with my dad yesterday and I always have that kind of like little bit of a desire to bring him to do things with me. Mm. So I know that I don't need him to do those things, but it's like, well, I, I should include him because you know he brought me up to do these things Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that's just it's just interesting to think about like how all these you know kind of break down and like Mm -hmm. how how it impacts us essentially Mm -hmm. are there any like recent representations that have like really emboldened you to go outside whether it's a media whether it's just like within your community Mm -hmm. or anything that kind of like just strengthens you to get out i mean most recently meeting all of the friends that my partner works with and just yeah just knowing that there is a lot more queer representation out there than I think I realized and meeting somebody that they work with that leads I think they lead what queer groups to go out and go climbing as well exactly yeah I think there's like indoor climbing and I think outdoor climbing as well Mm -hmm. and And that's what I thought that was really cool that inspired me a lot like wow that's that's (laughs) incredible and I was like I wonder if I could somehow lead queer groups to go out and do camping trips and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally could. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of inspired me to start thinking of ways that I don't necessarily see the representation, but I could be the representation. Love so. that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think that's something, you know, each generation, that's speaking like, you know, with queer folks, like each generation is like living with the past generation wanted for them, mm-hmm. essentially. And, you know, especially with this queer journey and just seeing how representation is evolving, how we're evolving with it. And then like coming to that place of like, well, I didn't see that, but I can at least be that mm-hmm. for folks even like other millennials, I can be it for Gen Z and so on and so forth. And so then it can just keep getting better and better and better. Exactly. I, I think I've gotten to the point in my transition where you do kind of step back and you're like, okay, well, I am the person that I've always been. I finally reached my goals. And you do kind of, I, at least personally, I've checked out of the queer community slightly. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't necessarily feel like I fit in as well as I used to mm. so which is kind of a bummer in a way but I have been looking for ways to get back into it mm-hmm. as well because being cis passing you can't go up to a group of queer people and mm. be like I am part of you I'm you know I'm in this community I promise here look at my scars mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so um, it is hard to kind of put yourself in those spaces so 
I'm trying to figure out ways to kind of get myself back into that community as well. Yeah, I don't think, you know, what you're talking about, I don't think it's unique to you. I like, I feel like it's a, it's not something that I've necessarily talked to a lot of folks about, but I feel like for my other like trans mask folks, we have experienced similar things in that way. Yeah, uh, yeah that could be like a whole nother conversation. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm like, ooh, all my trans mask folks, we could just sit here and talk about this. But yeah, I think, you know, when you said you were like, I felt separated, like I did too. And it, it almost felt like there was like this expectation of like, well, now I like since I'm transitioning, like, now I go into, like, the straight world, and I'm like, that doesn't feel great to me, I don't want that. (laughs) And so it's like, how do I show my queerness type of thing? Because I don't want to be hidden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. So, yeah, being able to, I'm on that same journey of just being able to, like, how to, like, reintegrate or, like, recreate, like, a a community outside Mm -hmm. of that. And for me, I know it's, like, finding a community that's not in the binary, that's very much in, like, the the non-binary and the heavy queerness. Because I'm, like, yeah, the binary doesn't really work for me anymore. I'm just, like, the more queer, the better. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. As far as, you know, when you're planning an outing so whether if you're going camping if you're going you know digging for your crystals whatever it might be are there any concerns or like things that you typically plan for outside of like if there's a thunderstorm if one of us gets a cut anything like that but more so just like concerns that might be related to your identities that you've shared i'm always worried about other people in general regardless of whether i go by myself or with everybody that's i think the scariest thing in the woods i don't worry about animals so much as i worry about other people Mm -hmm. and the things that they could do uh being a very small man (laughs) i do worry a lot about somebody you know trying to take advantage of me in any sort of way whether Mm -hmm. that be like stealing my things or otherwise uh so i always try to have my dog with me have some Mm -hmm. form of protection with me um that that definitely is a concern uh especially if i go out to somewhere that doesn't have readily available public restrooms Mm. that's uh that's a terrifying thing like Mm -hmm. is somebody gonna walk around a corner and catch me squatting to pee in this corner Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh that's that's super stressful i I try to plan for those things as well yeah Um, but that's always in the forefront of my mind when i go out in the outdoors (laughs) yeah i mean that definitely it makes sense like the the scariest animal out there is the human yep. right <laughs> but yeah i mean there's like these little things um that you have to plan for have you had you know you talked about the flag experience mm-hmm. are there any other experience or experience you would want to talk about in the outdoors where you have like felt uncomfortable or unsafe or not validated or any of those things um other than Get it, having a couple very close calls like squatting to pee mm. around like a tree or something like that I I think I've been pretty okay so far we try to stay as clear as we can away from other people mm. so we haven't really had anybody that's bothered us besides a friend of a friend who pulled up on our campsite at like 10 o'clock at night ah, good. and got out and started walking towards us and was like hey and we were like what's going on Ooh, are you <laughs> are you okay and then they were like oh we're friends with so and so and it was immediately relief so <laughs> yeah um, but we really haven't had any super scary incidents or anything like that so that's been nice <laughs> yeah yeah and it sounds like too that's also in part of like precautions are already taken but yeah. I'm glad to hear that there haven't been yeah <laughs> you know really nasty things what experiences have you had that have made you feel safe and validated and just overall respected in the outdoors 
I mean, we'd go camping with my partner's mom a lot, and she's very, uh, very supportive of the queer community, which mm. I think is great. So I guess she's in the outdoors, and she's, <laughs> she's in that community, and she does make me feel really loved and really respected. I think that's honestly the only thing. I don't think I've ever really run any into anybody in the outdoors that's part of my community. For as much as I do outdoor things, I don't have a lot of like experience yeah, 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 yeah. and stories, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I tend to just kind of keep to myself and do my own thing. <laughs> And that's okay, too. Yeah. I mean, I think the very first time I went camping and I was able to have my shirt off was a very validating mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I think I really, pretty quickly after I got my top surgery, I went camping. And it was just the nicest thing to be able to hammock without a shirt on for the first time <sighs> and just feel that, that. Sunshine, sunshine on my chest. That was very, very validating. So thank you, Mother Nature, for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's probably the closest I could get to answering that question (laughs) yeah oh but I love that though (laughs) because it's so like again it's something that I think other folks would think is just oh you had your shirt off like it's like so simple but like it has there's so much meaning Mm -hmm. and I remember the first time like I went to a music festival and got finally got up the curse and then like take my shirt off and I was just like I'm here (laughs) 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 a lot more public space but still very much like Ah, here's my chest (laughs) with my scars. But yeah, squat to pee in front of a cow one time, and they didn't care. (laughs) They're just like, all right, it's cool to you. Yeah, you doing you doing you? Uh, Yes, squatting to pee. Uh, I've had folks like tell me they're like, oh, have you gotten like I hate the name of it, but the she pee, Mm -hmm. um, and like all those things. (laughs) And in case anybody needs to know, those things are not that helpful. They overflow very quickly (laughs) and it's just no it's it's a mess yeah Yeah. not not a great time (laughs) i definitely uh i'm pretty sure i got a uti from one of them oh no in in the middle of the forest so not fun (laughs) yeah no like don't recommend you can always find a spot that's like easily hidden from the world there's enough bushes up there that yeah you you can do it So not not worth the risk at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, not worth not worth it at all. Well, this has been such a lovely conversation. It's been really great getting to know you more and just kind of like hearing about your journey. If you could leave us with one message, and that message can be to your community, it can be to other folks, whoever you would like it to be, what's the message you would like to leave with us today? Just think about respect in every aspect that you can think about respect. Like to people that are not in my community respect people that are in my community Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know think about ways that you can go to somebody who is in a community different than yours and let them know you respect them how can you tell somebody that you respect them without actually telling them that like Mm -hmm. word for word you know to people in my community respect each other (laughs) yeah i feel like sometimes there's not a lot of respect for the other letters in the alphabet mafia Mm -hmm. and you know same question how can you respect other people that identify different than you without telling them that you respect them directly and to everybody respect nature (laughs) when you go out pick up some trash you know take it home with you throw it away leave it better than you found it that's about it (laughs) i love that and what i really love about all that is how can you show respect without saying it Mm -hmm. because i think you know as we're moving in this world of like diversity inclusion equity belonging it's still a lot of words Mm -hmm. a lot of people saying like i respect you i respect you and then they turn around and they do something that is very disrespectful and you're like "Mm, do you (laughs) (laughs) so i think yeah i think that's a great takeaway for folks to have uh to really think about is how can i show somebody that i'm respecting them without telling them and there are a number of ways 
to do that. And if you're unsure, the internet's a wonderful place and talking to people is a wonderful thing to do. And I can also venture to say, like, you probably already do it with folks that identify like you. So it's really just transferring that over to the folks who do have, like you said, different identities. Mm -hmm. And yes, respect Mother Nature. She needs love. (laughs) She's dry sometimes. She also needs water. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Luke. This has been so, so lovely. You know, anytime I talk with trans mass folks, there's, of course, many things that I always resonate with. But I'm sure that for the folks listening, there are some just amazing takeaways that they're having from you sharing with us today. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope that your perceptions of the outdoors have been expanded. If you were impacted by what you heard today, we encourage you to make a donation to today's speaker, whose Venmo or Cash App link can be found in the episode's description. Interested in sharing your experience? Fill out our speaker interest form by visiting our Linktree website at the bottom of our podcast description, and the host will contact you with next steps. Lastly, feel free to give us a follow at Expanding the Outdoors on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And we encourage you to check out our Instagram page at The Wilderness Expansive, where we help to empower LGBTQIA folks in the outdoors. Until next time, stay rad and adventure on.